Welcome to the Prog Talks by the Prog Space. Welcome to the Prog Talks, an interview series by the Prog Space where we will be talking to musicians in all corners of the progressive music scene. Welcome back to another episode of the Proc Talks. I'm your host, Dario. And before we start, I uh, wanted to remind you again that uh, you can actually uh, support us by buying us a cup of coffee or tea in this case. Uh, we would be really grateful for that and it helps us out a lot. But now I want to dive in to the musical guest uh, of today, calling from Belgium, Romain from Omnirod. Hi, Romain. How are you doing Hi. tonight? I'm really great, thank you. And you, you pronounced my name really, really well, actually. So I'm, I'm quite uh, surprised that it's one of the first times someone that's not French speaking says it that well. So, it's really uh, great so, to hear. so uh, yeah, you. Uh, um, I, I will try with the full name, okay? Romain <laughs> Genio. <laughs> awesome, man. That's that's spot on. Great. Awesome. Merci beaucoup. Thanks for being <laughs> on the Prog Talks. Um, you... It's my pleasure. You guys have been around for a while now. Um, I saw actually on the Metal Archives that uh, Omnarod was um, founded in 2009 already. And um, you have two full-length albums out uh, uh, so far. Um, but before we dive into that, maybe you can tell us a little bit about um, how you would describe your style, the style of music that you play, um, to someone who has never heard anything from your band before. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of hard to describe any kind of progressive act without sounding too pretentious, but I will try. Uh, I think we are basically a blend of uh, both classic and modern prog metal influences. Uh, uh, more classic bands like Opeth and maybe, uh, in a way, Dream Theater. Um, and, and maybe more recent ones uh, like uh, Leprous and, and Between the Buried and Me. So basically mixing clean and, and harsh vocals uh, with pretty long songs uh, and uh, uh, quite a, a heavy emphasis on, on riffs and, and, and grooves uh, and hopefully some great dynamics along the way. So that's, I think, how I would describe the, the music and, and with melancholy along as well. I think it's kind of uh, pretty sad all, all around. Nothing yeah. too happy there. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, also, um, the first time I heard something from Omnirod, I, I had the feeling that is, uh, is, uh, I, I could feel the influence of both the classic and the mo modern vibe uh, coming into a, a known uh, style or sound, so to speak. Um, but starting with your debut album in 2014, Ivory Dew now, and of course, especially compared to the second album, Arteries, from 2019, I think uh, that was also a big step in, in terms of sound and production. Um, when listening to, to Ivory Dew, I think there was a lot of more... Um, you know, abrasive extreme metal also still going on and like slower doomy parts. And um, yeah, in arteries, you kind of found your own atmosphere. I had the feeling. What was the difference for you between these two albums um, when like how you made them the recording or, or, or writing process um, doing these two different albums? 
Yeah, you described the, the, the different directions really well, actually. Uh, there are many differences in terms of the process. Uh, you know, Ivory Dune was composed uh, since 2011 and until it was released in 2014. And we were about 17 to 20 years old. Uh, uh, I think Pablo was about 15 or 16 at that time. And we were just basically kids that had just met and were jamming together in a rehearsal room and had many different influences and had no idea what they were doing uh, and had no idea what sounded good. They were just trying to do something that they hadn't heard before. Uh, so that was how Iverogen was composed. And it was also produced and recorded in our bedrooms with... Uh, I wouldn't say cheap equipment, uh, but maybe not the best gear uh, with what we had actually, and with no initial knowledge whatsoever about how to record an album. Uh, and it was also pretty much a collective effort in terms of composition. So that was for Ivory Dune. And everything was very different for Arteries because um, first of all, we were a bit older. Uh, we had listened to more music and we, I think, knew better how to channel those influences. Um, but also I was, I think, the main composer for that album, as opposed to the first one being a blend of many different influences. And uh, I was surrounded by, by people who really knew how to, how to make a, a, an album sound good and use proper gear and everything. So that was definitely a step up. And we also had uh, more, more means and more money to do the album and more time as well. So that definitely helps. Uh, so yeah, it was day and night, very different processes and, and histories. Yeah, and you even uh, sent it off to master by Tony Lindgren, uh, absolutely, who is a well-known and well-respected name for stellar audio production work uh, in yeah. Sweden, right? Um, so that was a big step up. <laughs> absolutely, yeah, um, he did a stellar job. Yeah, there's no secret. <laughs> um, yeah, 2019 is also already uh, two years ago, and I mean. We all know that last one and a half years don't really count, um, especially when it comes to live playing. Um, but you guys haven't been idle either. Um, this year in 2021, you released two singles already. And I read that it is uh, that you um, kind of wrapped them up or, or you, you, you see them connected in a, in a series or in a project that you, you are calling the construction project. Yeah. Um, what what can you tell us about that? Uh, so to 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 start from the beginning, actually, it, it stemmed from an idea we had back in 2020. We were planning on on maybe touring and doing some live shows, and obviously, as you said, COVID changed everything. And we had I, I was kind of obsessed at that time because we finally had some sort of dynamics in the band, and we, I wanted to have some content out. Uh, and I was struggling to find to find some things to to talk about on the socials and everything during yeah, the COVID. And, uh, I, I, th I think I, I I can agree from an outside perspective that uh, that uh, um, I saw you like gaining a momentum with arteries and and of course it's very understandable that you want to try to 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 keep it going. Absolutely, it was kind of frustrating for us because we had been a band for 10 years uh, and, and we had done maybe two shows in the history of the band. Uh, and finally, we had something going on and then it, it stopped kind of suddenly. And I started doing some content that was not really relevant to the band and just with what I, I, I had in my hands. And, and so I did like covers and, and stuff like that. But I found it very... Um, 
uninspiring very quickly. I, I don't think it was relevant for the on the web page or anything. So I was looking for ideas to have some some content out. And then we thought about releasing uh, singles um, all the while we were working on an album on the side uh, and, and working with different processes and different people and, and different gear with those singles to maybe learn something from it and, and hopefully have something different uh, created. Uh, and we ended up releasing, so as you said, two singles in, in, in uh, 2021 and also a single uh, back in 2020. Uh, and we we're working on the fourth one, which will, will probably be out in the next month, I think. Um, and um, every single has its, its own history. And, and we were, wanted to work on, on the song we had previously released, which was Lines, which was the first one. It was an instrumental song on Arteries. And we decided we wanted to maybe try something with vocals on it. So it was the first single we released. Uh, then company accepted was kind of our, our, our try uh, us trying to write a song with normal structures and, and maybe catchier melodies, which I think kind of failed, but it was kind of cool to try that as well. <laughs> and um, and you make me feel was obviously us trying to to do a rearra rearrangement and, and cover version of a song that was not a, a metal nor a prog song from the get go. And then the fourth one, which we're working on now, uh, is actually Anthony, who is the, the guitar player and, and singer in the band. The other one who is writing and producing most of it, uh, as opposed to me doing it in the previous song. So every song has a different history and different process. And we learned a lot from that, which I think will be really useful for the upcoming album. Yeah, Anthony is also a kind of newer member for, in the band, right? Um, yeah, absolutely. He, he joined us. Both him and André joined us during the Arteries recording. Uh, before that, it was only Pablo and myself uh, for most of the, the composition process and everything since uh, three years before. And so they joined us while we were recording. And, and that's why we couldn't uh, play any live show before that. The first live show was, in, was after Arteries was released, actually. All right, very interesting. Um, and uh, especially listening to the latest single, the archive cover uh, uh, version of You Make Me Feel, um, I think you have uh, really achieved something massive with that because like, the sound is really absolutely massive. And, and this time uh, the master was done by our mutual friend Luca De La Rosa uh, from France. Uh, and, and man, that sound is just, And it, it sounds incredible. It sounds so huge and epic and massive. And um, I have to admit, I didn't didn't know the original, but yeah, you definitely made it uh, made it your own. And and uh, uh, I think uh, if that's any indication of, uh, of of future things to come from Omnirod, um, I think we're we're all in for 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 something massive. And like uh, I'm I'm super excited just thinking about this. Uh, yeah, this this huge epic sound that you achieved with with that one single. Thank you so much. That, that's really nice of you. And actually, I think this is the song personally I'm the most proud of that we've released. Uh, even though it's not our song from the, the, like uh, initially, but I think it sounds really good. And maybe it's because it's not our song. Maybe as well, we had really great material to work on, and uh, the production that you mentioned. It's interesting because I've been kind of struggling with myself, like uh, arguing with myself these last few years because I wanted to keep a touch of 
maybe more um, vintage uh, and and organic uh, element in the production. Uh, and I think that kind of uh, also held us back a bit in how uh, powerful and dynamic and, and 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 massive we could sound in some contexts. And uh, on You Make Me Feel, I actually wanted it to sound more modern and more heavy and, and more aggressive. And I think it, it worked pretty well. And we may work again with uh, Julien, who mixed and produced uh, the song on, on the third album, actually, because I, I think that's a song a sound that works great for us and and i'm looking forward to uh sounding heavy again actually <laughs> make omnirod heavy again right <laughs> <laughs> um, exactly. uh yeah and you, you you also had a guest saxophonist on there oh, yeah. uh jurgen munkeby from shining norway obviously uh how did you get in touch with him and and how is the the work how was it working with him um it's actually very simple. Like since maybe 10 years ago, I, I, I imagined myself playing on stage uh, some music with, with Jürgen, playing some sax along with me and, and, and it's sounding awesome. So it's, it was kind of a dream of mine to have some awesome sax on the song I, I, I was working on. And I, I, I didn't kind of uh, reach out to him just because I wanted him on the song. The song, I think, actually needed uh, sax parts and... And it also didn't need any kind of sax parts. It needed something that was fit for the, the style we were looking on, looking for. So it was really a perfect opportunity for me to to reach out to him, uh, and and that's something he he actually does, like guest spots on 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 any bands that that most of the bands I think that would contact him, and that's really great. So we we talked about the the song and and how how I figured the sax parts were in my head. Some parts were very loose. I let him go crazy and do what he does best. And, and some parts were a bit more specific, like the, the outro melody, which is the melody from the original song. I wanted kind of, I wanted it to be kind of close to the original melody. Uh, so that was kind of more specific, but the rest of it, he just went, uh, he, he did what he does best and it sounds stellar, awesome. It was like surreal to have him play on, on one of our songs. It was really great. Awesome. If you are enjoying this interview, please head over to theprogspace.com for more reviews, articles, pictures and interviews all about progressive music. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Theprogspace.com Um, yeah, you mentioned that, uh, that also, regardless of uh, what happened with the pandemic, um, that uh, you guys didn't have the opportunity to play live much um, because you you weren't a proper band for a long time. Yep. Um, I actually wanted to ask you because uh, for me, as a like, it, it, I'm located in southern Germany, and there's there's a fairly good live music uh, scene going on here. Um, but uh, in the last years, um, uh, up to up until March 2020, um, I was uh, going uh, a lot uh, to to the Netherlands for for a lot of Prague concerts and obviously Prague Power Europe, the main uh, progressive metal festival. Um, but the I, I also always have the feeling that that, that Belgium, which which is of course a, a close neighbor to the Netherlands and to Germany as well, um, that 
there's like maybe I don't know maybe because it's smaller that that it's like uh, for once I don't know many many prog bands or many metal bands coming out of Belgium um, and also um, you might have one or maximal maximum two um, uh, stops in a in a European tour of a band in Belgium, whereas there might be five or six in in the Netherlands. Um, so I would I would like to ask you how do you feel is the 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 this music scene for heavy music, let's say heavy music in general in in Belgium? That's a good question. Um, first of all, I'm not uh, probably the the, the most uh, the the best person to ask this to because I'm not a proper metalhead in the sense that I don't go to a lot of local shows and and I, I started like knowing more about the underground, at least local Belgian scene since actually two years ago when we started doing shows and whatnot. And before that, we didn't really know a lot of people. At least I didn't really know a lot of people uh, from the, the metal scene in Belgium. But from what I know, um, uh, there are some very cool underground prog bands in Belgium, but they are fairly underground for some reason. Uh, and uh, the music scene in Belgium is very, uh, I feel, is very uh, specific in terms of genre and in terms of of uh, of, of what year we're in. Like uh, there was a very big deathcore scene like ten years ago. Okay. Uh, then uh, I think a lot of uh, symphonic bands showed up a few years back, and now a lot of. Uh, I think slam bands and and things like that are, are, are making their way up as well. But it's very always very specific, and I think that maybe something that doesn't help the Belgian scene is kind of the separation between Flanders and Wallonia, uh, mm -hmm. where you know people don't always go to shows the other way, the other side of the border, um, and they don't have a lot of friends the other side of the border as well, which makes networking a bit difficult as well. Uh, and I, mean, I think you it can't. When you say border, it's it's still the same country, but you you also speak different languages, actually, right? We we speak different languages, uh, and and uh, and some people actually, which I find obviously really stupid. Some people actually don't really want to talk to people uh, the other side of the border, like uh, yeah. which is kind of sad. Uh, um, but I think it's it's kind it kind of doesn't help the the metal scene either. So. That yeah. may be one thing that explains it. And and in terms of prog scene, I think there's, there's generally not a lot of, of prog bands for some reason. Uh, but I think it's it's kind of starting. There are a lot of young prog bands, which I think are really great, uh, mm -hmm. some of which we've played with. So hopefully, maybe in 10 years from now, uh, the prog scene will be really strong in Belgium. Yeah, so, so, sounds promising. I uh, the last years, I I always uh, like when I was thinking about Belgium and which bands uh, in the heavy sector would be more most popular these days. I, I think the first um, name that would pop to my mind would be Amen Ra, which are obviously quite big in the sludge and doom. Uh, a scene um, and and also they were just on an amazing acoustic tour and their yeah. acoustic uh, live uh, stream for the Roadburn Festival was just uh, something else atmosphere-wise. Um, 
but yeah, it's 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 very interesting to to learn about uh, about how the dy dynamics in the scene of a country, and um, of course, it's always uh, different what you see when you're inside when you're actually living and 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 uh, working there, or if you're watching from from an outside perspective. Again, yeah. maybe maybe as as I'm fairly ill-informed, maybe some some uh, Belgian prog heads or metal heads will watch this and say, "What the fuck is full of shit?" and and doesn't know anything about that, and and that's 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 bullshit. But uh, maybe I don't know. That that was just my take on it. That there's probably some better explanation out there. Okay, if, if there's anyone from Belgium listening, uh, you can uh, tell us in the comments uh, on Facebook or on YouTube or where, wherever you're listening and watching. Please let us know if there's any uh, other cool um, Belgian prog bands that we should know about. Um, so we already talked a little bit about the live situation, and and we all hope that it's it's uh, it's gradually coming back. It, I mean, it started already, but that the trend continues. Um, but before that, you guys uh, will also play at the Prog Space Online Festival, yeah. or uh better said that you have prepared something for the prog space online festival already um what can you tell us about that um what can uh, the people expect from your set at uh, the prog space online festival well if if let's say that if we had played the the online prog space festival like a year ago it would have been very different maybe we would have been playing in our rooms uh, from everyone's house and, and we would have put everything together in a, in a video edit or something. But here we had actually the, the opportunity and the chance that things got a bit better. Uh, and, and so we, we wanted to be in the same room. So we recorded a, uh, basically a live set, a live show, how we would play it. Uh, so it's, it's like basically being in the same room as us playing live uh, with our light show uh, or program light show behind us. Uh, and we, we asked for, uh, we asked a couple of, of really good, um, how do you say that film filmmakers, like people who, yeah, yeah. cameramen, <laughs> yeah, uh, to, to come in and, and give us a hand and they did a really great job. So hopefully the, the, the end result is, is good, but we wanted it to be uh, like a, a live experience as much as possible and not like a band playthrough, which is also great, but not what we wanted to do here. Yeah, I can, I can, I can assure you, um, I have seen it. Uh, I, I'm in the lucky position that uh, that I was able to see it already when once you sent it in to us. Now it's uh, uh, currently worked on to fit into the big uh, festival video, obviously. Um, but yeah, it it looks and sounds amazing. I can't wait for people out out there to hear and see it. Um, and uh, it's going to be a, a really cool uh, time on November 19th and 20th. Um, yeah. Your set is going to be on the 20th. I think it's going to be the third. Yes, maybe. that's right. Ah, <laughs> um, all right. And um, yeah, I, I hope you guys will be able to join us in the chat as well. Um, uh, actually, uh, the unfortunate part of that is that uh, how, uh, the three quarters of the band which is uh anthony pablo and myself have another band 
and we are playing on, on November 20th. Uh, of, so we won't be able to be in the chat. Andre, who is the, 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 the fourth quarter of the band, might be here. And so he might be ah, okay. in the chat hyping everyone, but most of us won't be able to watch okay, the cool. stream live. <laughs> okay. Well, but but at least you get to play live. That's awesome as well. Yeah. Um, so um, final question. We already talked about the three singles uh, of the uh, ongoing construction project and the fourth one coming up. Uh, is what are the plans? Are, are the plans to to have to to keep them as standalone um, singles to kind of document your your uh, progression uh, throughout these this period, or uh, do you plan to um, include them on the upcoming third album? Um, so the plans are actually to release an EP uh, with all the, the songs from the construction projects and the EP will be aptly named Construction <laughs> and will be out uh, hopefully in December. Uh, I, I really wanted it to be out in 2021 because 2022 will be uh, for the third album. So the third album will be only new music. And it's pretty much composed uh, by now, except maybe for vocals and, and uh, some drums. Uh, so we'll be slowly but surely uh, making our way up to the, the demo sessions and studio and, and whatnot. Um, we'll, I'm looking, I'm hoping for release of the third album maybe in, in the summer, something like that. Uh, and construction will be before that, as I said, and, and maybe we'll include uh, s some of the live uh, recordings we did for the, the Prox Space Festival uh, as a bonus in the in the EP uh, to have something maybe more than the four singles that were released before that, and 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 yeah, that's the plan. And I, I kind of really, it was a lot of work, but I kind of really enjoyed having the 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 EP in between those two albums uh, we learned a lot from that so maybe that's something I might do again between uh, upcoming albums maybe not in the same kind of uh, in the same way or with the same process but I was thinking maybe like the next EP could be something like uh, acoustic or something like that or just uh, trying something out try, trying out something different every time uh, but still having proper Amerod albums uh, released uh, like every three, two, three or four years. Great. Yeah, we also have some uh, absolutely stellar acoustic sets in the Progspace Online Festival. Um, so if you like uh, this kind of stuff, um, there's also going to be something for you. I mean, you, yeah. you you will be able to see the whole thing afterwards uh, anyway. Sure. Um, on the after party or whatever from, for, of your show. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it like depends on which time you will be playing and maybe you can uh, uh, still catch the headliners or something. Yeah. The, the, the video will, the, the premiere, the festival will uh, uh, definitely go uh, longer than 11. So it's 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 going to be longer than three hours. Um, it's, it's I can starting tell at, you already. At eight it's starting at eight, eight o'clock. Yeah. So, okay. Because yeah. we're, we're playing this this kind of, uh, you know, the... the the, the selection thing for festival where there are like uh, yeah. 10, 10 bands playing like 20 minute sets. Uh, yeah. And we don't know uh, as of yet uh, when we will play, but ah. if we play like at 6 PM, maybe we'll be back home to <laughs> <laughs> on the computer to do something. 
We'll All see. right, great. Uh, thank you, Romain, for uh, joining us here on the Proc Talks. It was uh, really cool catching up with you um, and um, yeah, hearing everything about Omnirod's past and uh, present and future. Um, yeah. To you guys out there, uh, as always, uh, uh, thank you for listening. Don't forget to check out Omnirod on their socials, on uh, get their music on Bandcamp. Um, it's it's really worth it. Um, and uh, yeah, thank you for supporting us. As I said, you can uh, also donate or like get us a cup of coffee or tea. And um, of course, the links for that uh, you will also find down in the description, as always. Um, yeah, and if you haven't done so already, of course, give us a like, subscribe, thumbs up. Uh, we really appreciate um, your interest and your support out there. Um, That's it for today. Uh, thank you for listening. Um, until next time, don't forget to listen to great music and keep spreading that prog love. The Prog Talks, produced by the Prog Space. Main host, Rune Belsvik-Renos. Produced by Rune Belsvik-Renos, Vanessa and Matthias Kirsch. All graphics and animations by Vanessa Kirsch. Intro theme by Giuseppe Negri. Outro theme by Zach Munovitz. This was the Prog Talks by the Prog Space. See you in a week.